Father, we just thank you, Father, for this day. Lord, even as now we meditate upon your word, Lord, even as we have sung, even as we have praised, even as we have prayed, Lord, it is one, it is you we adore, O Lord. And even, even now as we learn more from your word, Father, enable us to worship you and adore and love you more and fear you more and honor you more and walk with you and obey you more. Thank you, Father. Come at this time into your hands, O Lord, even as we, Father, spend this hour, O Lord, in your presence, touch us, anoint us. Lord, the speaking and the hearing, open the ears, open the eyes of our heart, grant us the revelation of your word so that we might know you as you really are revealed in your holy word. Grant us grace to that end, we pray. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So last Sunday, if you were here, we were looking at the fear of God, the safety belt of the fear of God. So, um, and I was meditating, I mean, I was thinking about that. And, um, you know, uh, one of the, one of the most important aspects of your growth in your relationship with God is one of the parameters that you that you gauge yourself or measure yourself is to see whether how much of the fear of God you have in your heart for Him. You see, Jesus Himself grew in wisdom and in stature, finding favor with God and with man. And if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, one of the things that He grew in was in the fear of the Lord. And He was heard, as we heard on Sunday, because of His reverent, godly fear. So this evening, I uh, just wanted to ask our, ourselves this question. Fear of God, do I have it? Fear of God, do I have it? It's more of a contemplation. Um, like Psalm 36, we'll look at that. If you look through the scripture, and if you try to study what the fear of God is, um, Paul, in, in the book of Romans, gives a comprehensive list as to what it means not to have the fear of God. How do I measure, or rather, how do I know um, how that I don't have the fear of God? Is a very important question, a very pertinent question. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very f- interesting chapter. It's, it's like the essence of all sin is the lack of fear of God. And he, look at, look at what it says, what he says in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3, um, and verse 9 onwards. And I'm looking at, uh, the New, New King James Version. What then are we Jews any better off? Okay. He's talking about, uh, their Jews and Greeks. Um, he's talking about Jews being under sin, he's talking about Greeks being under sin, and he's also talking about we Jews, that is himself, who accepted Christ. Do you think we are any better off? He says, no, not at all. For we have already charged or proved that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin, as it is written. And now he's going to mention what is written. He's going to sample the Old Testament, I mean, the Spirit of God through Paul is going to sample the Old Testament to show 
what it, what it means to be under sin or under the power of sin. And this is what he's, he's quoting through Psalm, Isaiah and Psalms primarily. And look at what he, how he starts off. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. Just note all the things that I've underlined, okay? There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. Not even one. And then he says, this is, this is what I'm saying, looking at, nobody understands, there's nobody who's righteous, nobody who understands, nobody who seeks after God, they have all turned aside, they have become useless, there is no one who does good. Now this is his, his qualifying, or rather quantifying, or whatever, with different adjectives, a particular characteristic, that you are under sin. And then he gives a fruit, as to how I know if I am under sin. And look at what he says. Their throat, he says, is an open grave. It's a powerful statement, actually. Um, we celebrate graves in our country. The monument that most foreigners, like the other day we went to a convention and we were talking about India. And uh, whenever you think about India, what do you remember? Taj Mahal. Okay, that is what is called a sepulchre. It's a graveyard, basically. Okay. Now, open grave. So when you go past an open grave, what do you do by default? Their throat is an open grave. Now, this is basically what we call as the anatomy of the mouth. Okay. And those days, I'm not sure how, 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 how often, uh, doctors do it these days. Whenever you go to the doctor, first of all, first of all, what do they say? Ah, jeep de Okay. Tongue. So, their throat is an open grave. Their tongues keep on deceiving. The poison of asps is a very interesting word. Asp. Uh, I was looking at, looking it up in, uh, in Wikipedia. Apparently, it's an Egyptian cobra and Cleopatra died of a sting of an asp because of the sting of an asp. Okay, that's what legend says. The poison of asps is where? Throat, tongue, lips. The most sensitive part of your mouth by which you express what? Love and affection. That is the reason why betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss. A poison of asps is under their lips. There is their mouth. So the throat is an open grave. Tongues keep on deceiving. Lips. So you have throat, tongue, lips. Contains what? The mouth. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. If they open their mouth, I mean there is a saying in Telugu, People who can, because of their speech, they will either win friends or lose friends. Many people, I mean, so many of us, even, and we struggle with this, cursing and bitterness. 
And then he comes to a conclusion. The feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are on their paths. And the peace and the path of peace they have not known. And then he concludes by making a powerful statement. He says, verse 18, there is what? No fear of God before their eyes. So I, 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 this is how I try to understand this. No, the fear of God, because they have no fear of God, all these characteristics are there. So I just try to put a graphic over here for us to understand what it means. A slide to understand what this, what this means. So let us say, because you have no fear of God, very interesting. Where? Before your eyes. It's very clear. It's just not no fear of God. It is no fear of God before your eyes. And you are completely oblivious to the presence of God. There's no sense in your in your in your in your anatomy to sense the presence of God. That's what he's trying to say over here. Because you have no fear of God, there is no one who is righteous. Everybody is unrighteous. Why is there unrighteousness in people's lives? Why do why don't they practice righteousness? It's because they don't have the fear of God. First thing before their eyes. Second. There is no understanding of who God is. Why? Because there is no fear of God before their eyes. There is no one who seeks God. Why? Because there is no fear of God before their eyes. There is no turning toward God. Everybody turns aside. What does it mean? There is nobody who repents towards God. Turning means repenting towards God. That's what you, what do you say now. Do you presume upon the goodness and the forbearance not knowing that the Goodness of God has to lead you to repentance. There is no repentance. There is no quickness to repent. Why? Why do believers here in this? In our case, we are not. We are, we are not unbelievers over here. Why do believers not repent immediately every day of their lives? Is because before their eyes there is no fear of God. And then he says, all have become useless. You are not useful to God. No, this is very interesting, right? Anything a man does without God, he is bound to fail miserably or to succeed even more miserably. That means if you have not factored in God in your life, whatever you do, doesn't matter how great of an impact it has in the world, in the sight of God, you are useless. And what does it mean? It means that God uses only those people who have the what? The fear of God before their eyes. That is the reason why it says in a large house there are vessels of honor, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. But if anyone cleanses himself of the latter, he will be made of a vessel of for honorable use. Why have people become useless in the kingdom of God? Is because they have no fear of God in before their eyes. And then they don't do any good. Or rather they could do good for a while and after a while they're gone. You know, don't grow weary in doing good because in due season you will receive a reward if you do not lose heart. Why do people lose heart? Simply because they don't have the fear of God before their eyes. And Paul says all this comes under the category of sin. Why you sin? Because you have no fear of God before your eyes. Now this is obviously he's quoting from 
Psalm 36 to just to reinforce this statement, I'm going to look at David's Psalm, Psalm 36, from where this particular no fear of God before their eyes is uh, is quoted. I want to look at the first four verses to 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 get an understanding of what it means. Okay, Psalm 36 verses 1 to 4. An oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now when you read uh, the NKJV, the construction is a little difficult, no? The oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I was trying to look at different versions to get an understanding of what it means. Now look at the ESV. Look at what it says. Transgression speaks to the wicked deep down inside his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes. You know what he's saying? Transgression speaks that means there is a person inside called transgression. He speaks deep down inside. Another translation. Look at this. This is the living Bible. Sin lurks deep inside the hearts of the wicked, forever urging them to do evil deeds. They have no fear of God before to hold them back. Then, look at this. This is, this is the best part. Sin whispers to the wicked. Deep within their hearts, they have no fear of God at all. And then he goes on to say, this is the first verse. And then he goes on to say, for he flatters himself in his own eyes. When he finds out his iniquity and when he hates, the words of his mouth, words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and do good. He devises wickedness on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not abhor evil. Why? All this because there is no fear of God before his eyes. And look at the verse 2 in different translations to get an understanding of what it means. For he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. See that? Another translation, the living Bible. Instead, in their conceit, they think they can hide their evil deeds and not get caught. Amazing! Then, In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. This is where it caught my attention. They cannot see how wicked they really are. There is no fear of God before their eyes. No, logically, if we have looked at all these statements, I know some of you have come from work tired, but if... If I were to ask you this question, if I definitely have to have the fear of God, what should happen to me therefore? Okay, first, 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 first uh, the, uh, what, what did I put down? You remember that slide here? Just look at this slide, okay? Just look at this complete slide. Okay, now if I want to understand... If I want to be righteous, if I want to be useful, etc., 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 what should I have? Where? So if I have to have the fear of God first, what should happen to me? Answer? Eyes have to be open. Can you just give her a clap? If you're in the class, I would have given her a clap. Okay, this is the church. I was not exalted man. Okay. Okay, in my class, I would give. Eyes have to be. If you want the fear of God, First of all, your eyes have to be opened. Okay. Follow the thought carefully. 
Okay, so let us see. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. Very powerful statement. Because there is no fear of God before our eyes. Because we don't factor in God. This is our personal choice by the way. We have chosen not to fear God. What happens is man has a double problem. Okay, look at the double problem. In whom the God of this world, what? Has blinded. So, because we don't factor in God, what does Satan do? This fellow doesn't factor God. Let me come on top of him and blind him even more. Blind, blind his understanding, blind his mind. So, repentance, of course, obviously, we all know, is a change of the way that we think, right? See? Blinded. The minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. You see? Therefore, in order for us to have the fear of God, what should happen first? Our eyes have to be open. First. That is the reason why when Paul is talking about the gospel, the fivefold uh, objective of the gospel in a logical fashion this is how he enumerates them the fivefold objective of the gospel this is found in Acts chapter 26 verse 18 <coughs> 17 and 18 I will deliver you from the Jewish people as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to do what? to open their eyes in order for them to turn from dark. See, light does not make any difference if we cannot see. Color does not make any difference to a guy who is colorblind. That is the reason why men, when they go into the shop, most of the time they either white, either buy black or white or shades of white and shades of black. What is that color? Uh, brown. No, it is maroon. It's close. So because we have no perceptions like that. It doesn't make sense to us. No? This is exactly what he's trying to say. For us to enjoy light, for our eyes have to be opened first. Opening of eyes has to take place. To open their eyes. Now look at what it says in Genesis chapter 1. We know this very well. Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. You know this very well, right? I, I know it so well. I know it in different languages. I know it in Telugu. I know it in, in English. I know it in Hebrew also. But Genesis chapter 1. Let us understand. We know it in different languages. We do, don't understand the real interpretation of it. What it means. Genesis chapter 1. In verse 1 onwards. In the beginning. Just. Okay. It's actually in beginning. Okay. Just look at this beginning. Okay. Just keep your word, minds on the word beginning. God created heavens and the earth. The earth was, was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. Beginning, let there be light. Now Paul gives an interpretation of verse 3. What does it mean for let there be light? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6, this is the interpretation what Paul gives. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means fear of God is very, very important. There is something about the fear of God. In order for us to experience the fear of God, something has to happen. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. We all know this verse very well. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 9, 10. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay? And then, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the fear of God. Means, if I look at all these verses, there is one conclusion that I will draw. The conclusion number one is, the fear of Lord has a birth, a beginning. What we call as rebirth or being born again. If I am not born again, Okay, I I can instruct you about so many things about the fear of God. I will have, you will have absolutely no understanding of it because you are not born again of the Spirit of God. Because this is not intellectual. That is the reason why it says the wisdom from, that is from, uh, from, from above is first peaceable, etc., etc. Seven pillars of wisdom. <clears throat> right? But, but the wisdom which is from the other source is first earthly. It is then sensual. And then it is demonic. Alright? So the fear of God has a beginning. You open your eyes. It's the ABC. That means the moment you are genuinely born again, what has come into your heart is a deposit, an initial deposit of what we call as the fear of God. You know, see, if you haven't actually, if you haven't encountered God in that way, your born again experience is not really true. You know, that is how I was born again. You know, the, I, I, I told this experience many times, right? The preacher came and told us, honor your father and mother so that you may live long. And she looked at all of us. All of you people were supposed to die by this time. But only you are alive because of the mercy of God. Repent, otherwise you will die soon. In effect, that was a sermon. And for the first time in my life, I started trembling. You see, unless and until I have encountered God in that way, actually I have really not experienced birth. It is the beginning, it is the opening of eyes to what God, who God truly is in all His holiness. Okay. Alright, understand that. So look at this in Exodus chapter 20 when actually Israel is born again what God shows them in Exodus chapter 20. Okay. And when the people saw the thunder, the lightning, and heard the trumpet, and saw the mountain and the smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us, and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us, or we will die. And what did Moses say? Do not be afraid. Don't fear, but fear. Okay. God has come to test you that the fear of God will be before your eyes. See that? Everybody needs to understand. First thing, the fear of God has a birth. Unless and until you are born again, you will not understand what it means to fear God. First of all, it has a birth. So what has happens to every baby who is born? It has to what? Grow. So first, fear of God has birth. Fear of God has growth. Huh? In order for the fear of God to grow, what should I do to the baby? I have to feed. You got it? You have to feed him whatever nourishment, etc., etc. Similarly, if the fear of God has birth, and if the fear of God has growth, something has to happen to me. First of all, there's a fear of God that has a beginning. Second, the fear of God, this is something very interesting, Psalm 34 verse 11. Come, O children, 
listen to me i will teach you the fear of god so second conclusion fear of god has to be taught got it fear of god has to has to have a birth fear of god has to grow it has to be taught that is the reason why we come to the teaching of the word of god now be very careful here this is where all believers have to be very 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 careful who has to be careful believers who has to be careful okay everybody say that believers have to be careful because non believers have no idea what is fear of god is fear of god this is only people who are born again they have to be very careful in order for them to grow in the fear of god so fear of god has a birth fear of god has a growth that means fear of god has to be taught but be very careful how it is taught why why is this important i'm going to look at a very interesting passage from isaiah chapter 29 in the kjv which is also quoted by jesus in matthew chapter 15 <clears throat> let me see, let me show you that passage isaiah chapter 29 verse 13 onwards therefore the lord said in as much as these people draw near with their mouths mukhastuti chestunar anamata ante nee mukham meeda hallelujah antaru gaani venaka kelina tarata baidi kelina tarata maamule so he says therefore in as much as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips but they have but have removed their hearts far from me and look at this and read that their fear toward me how has it been taught it has been taught by the commandments of men therefore behold i will again do a marvelous work among them this people among this people a marvelous work and a wonder let me tell you something after new birth you know another wonder that god has to do in our lives is to create that sati that desire the intense desire for the true word of god Okay let me show you what that means okay let's move on this verse verse uh, 14 on uh, again part b for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the lord and their works are in the dark they say who sees us who knows us you know what this is this is what we call as religion okay this is what we call as religion religion means external love toward god without an internal devotion that is the reason that paul, paul tells timothy he says in the last days perilous times will come etc 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 men will be lovers of themselves etc etc and he says they have a form of godliness but there is no power inside of their hearts there is no desire why because their fear toward me is not genuine fear it's a false fear of god taught by the commandments of men you know what is this commandments of men let jesus explain this because jesus quotes exactly the same verses in matthew chapter 15 look at what he says hypocrites well did as a prophesy about you saying these people draw near me, near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips but their heart is far from me and in vain they worship me teaching what as doctrines the commandments of men that is how, that is what has happened doctrine has become the commandment or doctrine means teaching 
And then he says, he gives a reason in the previous verse. Look at what he says. He answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded saying, honor your father and mother and your uh, father and your mother and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. And then he goes on to say, but you say, whoever says to his father and mother, whatever profit you might be have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God without effect by your tradition. In other words, you know what false fear of God is? False fear of God is where you have lowered the standards of God, whereas true fear of God, where you have upheld the trans, the standards of God. True fear of God always upholds the transfer, the, uh, the, the true righteous standards of God. It does not condone sin. It convicts sin. Whereas false fear of God lowers the standards and excuses your sin and your disobedience. So be very careful how you are being taught. You see that? What you are eating is so very important. That is the reason why, you know, C.S. Lewis made this, he quoted this interesting poem. He says, a strange and wonderful thing happens to Misty. Whatever Misty eats turns into Misty. Misty, not her name is T, Misty. Whatever Misty eats turns into Misty. Exactly what happens to you, right? You eat Palak. After a while, Palak disappears. Who remains? I remain. You eat uh, curd rice. Curd rice disappears. Who remains? What has happened to the food? It has turned into you. That's a mistake. So be very careful what you are eating. Standard of teaching. What is the standard of teaching that you are subscribing to? A standard which condones sin and therefore gives you a false fear of God. A standard which upheld the righteousness of God and therefore creates the fear of God inside of you. You know what happens when the fear of God, when the true word of God is preached, there is always conviction. There is always fear that you are always falling short because sin is falling short. All have sin and fall short, fell short of the glory of the righteous requirement of God, the standards of God. Be very careful, therefore. The fear of God has to have a birth. The fear of God has to have a growth. And the growth happens only if you eat something solid. Solid. Otherwise, my, my daughters like that, no? Fluffy thing, the pink thing. What is it then? Remember that Telugu? We call it candy cotton. It looks so big. Okay. Once we went to Vaisak, I want that candy cotton, I want candy cotton. And just the candy cotton comes, it's gone. In two, three bites, it's over. And all that that it has is sugar. And most teaching these days is all candy cotton. Making diabetic patients. See, very important. The fear of God has to have a birth. Fear of God has to be have a growth and that growth has to be normal, authentic growth according to your particular age. And you don't say, you know, today, because fear of God has to constantly have growth. Okay, you, you, you need to understand when, I, it's like this, no? It's like a yoke. It has to be taught. What is a yoke? My dad used to, my parents used to tell when I was, when I was growing. Every day, 25 to 30 or 50 problems minimum. Yoke. 
yoke and yoke and yoke. But one day, that yoke becomes true. And you know what happens? Now I want to work all my life toward a particular problem. Those days, they used to give me a problem and create a lot of problem. Now I am going in search of a problem to solve. I remember the first time when I was called for the interview for PhD in, uh, in my university, they, he looked at me and like in the, in my, one of my professors, who was also my colleague by the way, after that, no, he looked at me and said, uh, what does PhD teach you? And I said, uh, it teaches me what the depths are in robotics. I'm not, that is not the answer. What does PhD teach you? I said, uh, how to search for a problem and how to solve it. Precisely. You know what? In every research problem, half the problem is to know the problem. And in fact, in fact, I'm telling you honestly, if you, searching the problem is almost 60% of the work. And 40% is to solve it. Okay. So that is what we call as yoke. Teach the ways of God to the child when he is young and when he grows, he will not Depart from it. So first of all, the fear of God has to have a birth. Then the fear of God has to be taught. And then in order to have the authentic fear of God, we need to come under authentic teaching. That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 6, as I said, fear of God not does not condone sin. It convicts sin and also gives you the power to overcome sin. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 6, my favorite verse. You know, you can just make it your favorite verse too. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Don't even think about it. You know, KJV actually mistranslates it and says, God forbid. It's actually not God forbid. There's no theos over there. God forbid. Do you not know to whom you present yourselves as slaves to obey? That one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. And look at what he says in verse 17. But God be thanked. Who should be thanked? God. Because if God would not have opened our eyes, we would not even thought about it. Okay, But God be thanked that though you were once slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that, you know, other translations use, that standard of teaching to which you were delivered, meaning you surrendered yourself. What is it? You you were delivered to. You know, my, you know what's the actual word translation here? Mm, there, there was Hymenaeus and that fellow. What did uh, what did uh, uh, Paul do to him? I handed him over to. It's the same translation. I handed you over to the teaching. That is exactly what should happen to you. And what happens if you are delivered to authentic teaching and having been what? Set free from sin, you became slaves. That yoke has come upon you now, and you're enjoying that yoke. You're not fighting it. You become slaves of righteousness. So that even if nobody sees, I mean, Abigail is there, so I can use her again. Abigail, no, don't, don't worry. Okay, I'm not going to make fun of you. Now I'm expecting her to read these days. Enjoy reading. And one of the things that used to grow when I was, I grew on when I was a small kid was. On Enid Blyton. So I, for her birthday, I bought a bunch of Enid Blyton. Okay. Full collection of fine daughters. Uh, Sister Elsa gave us a gift card. So we went there. We bought a bunch of Enid Blyton. Then, uh, first day she read, Papa, I don't understand uh, so many words. I read one chapter today, okay? 
I said, oh, come on, Abigail, you got to read. And then there's, she's playing all these games with her sister, doctor, actor, teacher. I said, what are these games, Abigail? I bought you so many books. Come on, start reading now. Come on. Come on, come on. It's encouraging her to read. Wherever I'm taking her, I'm taking the animal right in with me. Ah, read, uh, encouraging her to read, encouraging her to read. And then one day, just in myself and Emanuela, we were in that room. We just wanted to take a afternoon nap. And she also joined us. She said, I'm going to sleep also next to you. So she slept. Just she just lied down next to us, and after a while she said, "I'm not, I don't, I can't sleep." So she left us all. She went to the front room, and she took a pillow. She got herself the Anand Blighton without me now. Started reading it, and fell asleep while reading. And then I came out, and I saw her. And I said, "Boy, that is a scene that I want to look at." Yes, now she took it all by herself. That is what we call as yoke. Where you start enjoying. Nobody has to even supervise you. You understand what it is to fear God. That is what Genesis chapter 39 will talk about. Mr. Yosef. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes. I don't know what those eyes are, Baba. She said, lie with me. But he refused. And said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. How then can I do this? What? Great wickedness and sin against God. You know what he's saying? I fear God, boss. I fear God. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. I'll come to this day by day, okay? Very soon. Just just give me that day by day. That he did not heed her. Did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. He just ran away because he feared God. You see, sensitive to the presence of God in his life. And look at another man. This is David, okay? I mean, I... It's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And this is one of my favorite portions in the Bible too. This is First Samuel chapter 24. Then the men of David said to him, This is the day in which the Lord has said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do with him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. And it came to pass after that, that David's heart, bah, have you ever spoken ill about somebody and in your in the night you can't sleep? You heard something bad about somebody in the night you can't sleep. Are you, why did I even give myself to that? And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do unto my master the Lord's anointed. You see that? That is how sensitive he was. To entertain anything about a man of God. Even though he is evil. It's amazing. Sensitivity to sin. That is growth. Proverbs chapter 16 and 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. But by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Verse 14, chapter 14, verse 16. A wise man fears and departs from evil. A fool rages and is confident. 
<laughs> Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to what? Hate. He hated that act. How could I do this? I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct and perverse speech. Amazing. That is the reason why there is an intricate connection between growth and the fear of God. You see that? Fear of God uh, and, and new birth. Therefore, grow. Grow and desire authentic word. First Peter chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice, all deceit. Meaning, there are several kinds of malice, several kinds of deceit. So, all kinds of malice and all kinds of deceit, please get rid of it. Hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. Amazing. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that you, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation if you have indeed tasted that the Lord is good. So be careful how you, what you drink. That is the reason why Mark 4.24, we know this verse very well. Carefully consider what you hear. And not only that, carefully consider how you hear. Luke's Gospel 8.18, we know that. That means there should be a preparation when you come to the to the house of God to hear the word of God. There should be a preparation. You know, whenever you come to the class, the teacher has to prepare and the student also has to prepare. I mean, you will understand this when you go to higher classes, by the way. Where you are not spoon fed. If you don't understand the concept, you have a tutor coming and sitting on your head and that's not going to happen once you come to university. You know, in the university, I tell all my teach, all my all my students, I used to, I used to say, whatever comes out of my mouth, you are accountable. I am not accountable. You are accountable. Okay. And then they say, uh, sir, what is the syllabus? I said, that's what is exactly syllabus for the exam. Whatever comes out of my out of my mouth, you are accountable. And in university, in 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 in, in uh, school, the easy problems for the student, difficult problems for the teacher. But once you come to university, the easy problem for the professor, difficult problems for the teacher, for the student. They all look at me like that, wondering where they have come. I said, this is not Kota Rajasthan, this is not Ramaya, this is not Krishna Murthy. This is not special coaching center. This is not one, 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 two, 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 Narayana coaching center. Okay, 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 rindu, rindu, rindu. No, 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 no. There is a preparation. And in, in, in my class, by the, that is the reason why we have add and drop in universities. You know that, right? Add and drop courses. So what happens? <laughs> So all graduate courses have add date and drop date. What is add date? The add date we have to register for the courses. So that student will come and sit in the class and he will try to listen to the professor. If he has the satta, he will say, okay, Baba, this is for me. And he will continue. Otherwise, after two weeks, there is another drop deadline. He has to go and drop the course. Now, this is not my cup of tea. And there are compulsory courses, by the way. In um, by in Christianity everything is compulsory. No drop. Okay. By the way, they can you cannot drop. You drop a poda. No 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 drop. Okay. Once you have put your hand in the plow and you no drop, you will go back where to perdition, and you will become Tom Hanks. Because I don't want to say Judas is carried. So let's move on. 
Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 10. Look at what he says. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised. You know, the Telugu translation is very beautiful. The person who has prepared himself to hear my word, only that fellow will hear. And a lot of people come to church without any preparation. Have you prepared yourself this evening to come or on a Sunday morning? Is there a preparation? You want to hear from God? You need to prepare. Otherwise you will hear from man. You will not hear from God. You will only come and say, Are you fantastic sermon, eh, No change in your life. Exodus chapter 19. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people. And they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day and do not come near your wives. Prepare yourself so that when God comes down, you'll be able to hear his voice. You'll just not be a sound and thunder. You'll understand what he's speaking in the still small voice. Okay? Again, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your ignorance. Former ignorance. Do not be fashioned. But as he who, he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call him as what? Father. Because you have experienced birth, right? If you have called him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds? And if you are his child, he will judge you more severely. Conduct yourselves with fear. Throughout the time of your exile. Ekada? In the, uh, you know, that, is, that is the reason why the world can be considered as two places for you. You should, you can consider it as two places. Either you can consider it as a jail, or you can consider it as a, as a three-star hotel, or a four-star hotel where you have buffet breakfast. Complimentary. Where we all go and eat breakfast and lunch and and skip lunch and save on lunch. When you go on vacations, this is exactly what you do. Buffet breakfast free, spread fully loaded now. Next time I'm not going to spend on my on my lunch. I will only directly eat dinner. It is not a buffet breakfast. And if one pancake is not right, I call that fellow. What did you give me? That is five-star mentality. But if you are in jail, have you seen Shoshank Redemption? The first time Tim, I mean, that guy, what's his name? Andrew Dufresne, the character, goes and somebody f- puts uh, food on his plate and he comes to his table and suddenly what comes out of the... Huh? Ah, one worm. And another prisoner already has a bird inside his pocket. The early bird catches the worm, no? So he says, uh, he looks at Andrew Dufresne and says, are you planning to eat that? Of course not. Then he takes out the bird and he takes the worm and does Andrew Dufresne say, where is this fellow who served me food? What kind of food? How dare you give me an ex-banker? Food with worms? Did he complain? No complaint. How do you consider this world as? Exile? Where you don't complain and you are satisfied with whatever you have or a five-star hotel where you are only complaining, complaining, complaining. Why is this not right? Why is that not right? Why is this not right? Nonsense. So the fear of God has a birth. Fear of God has growth. 
Okay? Okay? That means, fear of God, to have the fear of God, you have to be bought. To have the fear of God, you have to be taught. So many things you can use to understand this. Third, day by day, I said, no, day by day, we're coming to that. Proverbs chapter 1. Because they hated knowledge and did not, read this please, did not choose the fear of the Lord. How did they not choose the fear of the Lord? They would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Fear of God, third, is a choice. What is it? It is a choice, Baba. Okay, you, you know, the verse we know in Joshua chapter 24, now the fear of the Lord, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness, throw away the gods, your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates river and Egypt and serve the Lord. Okay, then choose for yourselves this day whom will you fear or worship. See, fear of the Lord is a choice. Why is it a choice? And he says, how do you have to choose the fear of the Lord? You have to choose the fear of the Lord by choosing his counsel and not despising his reproof or correction. Now let me tell you something. When I was growing up, my parents talked to me about, okay, even now, there are two kinds of schools. One is one we, what, what we call in Andhra language, Dumpal Badi. What Badi? Or Zilla Parishad school. Government school. Okay. Government school and others are corporate schools where you have okati, 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 rendu, rendu, rendu. You know what I'm talking about, right? Now, if you are a father or a parent, what is your choice? Even if you are poor, you will work extra and you will never put your child in Dumpalabadi. You will always want to send him to corporate school. Now the question is, why do you want to send him to corporate school? Let me tell you something. Question for all the veterans over here. Okay, some veterans are there. Let me ask you this question for the veterans who know this very well. Are the faculty, is the faculty in government school more qualified or less qualified than the faculty in corporate school? Answer. More qualified. If you want to become a professor in uh, in uh, government junior college, you have to have minimum MSc, MED, BED, all DDD. But with all the embellishments of the professor, you will still not send your child to government college. Why? Very important question. Why do you send him to Okati, 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 Rendu, Rendu, Rendu? China. Chaitanya Narayana. Why? Answer? My, my, in my mother's language. <laughs> in other words, they'll teach, they'll treat you like fish and nicely make you study. What is making study, Baba? I'll tell you what making study is. Everyday test. Slip test, quiz, surprise test, this test, that test, and that fellow who is teaching is one 10th class or intermediate pass who is teaching. Everyday test. Okay, this test, that test, and you know if this fellow goes through so many tests, by the time he comes to IIT, he has at least written 1 million tests. IIT exam. 
And what else can he get? Except okati, 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 rendu, rendu, rendu. Because all the while in this class he has to be first, 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 first. That is the reason why you send him to corporate school even if the professor is less qualified. In the context, now let me ask you this question. Let us apply it to the word of God. Choice number one. <laughs> Everybody's imagining what is going to come out of my mouth now. <laughs> Choice number one. Pastor. Right Reverend Doctor. Dash, 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 dash. PhD, H2SO4, NACL, etc, etc, etc. I mean, if somebody gave me a card with all his degrees, degrees were going like this around. <laughs> and I had to turn it like that and see all the degrees, almost. But when you listen to him, it'll be like Jesus, no? Pharisees, PhD, they're called the doctors of the law. They're looking at this uneducated, so to speak, carpenter, who has never gone to Bible college like them, but has such got such tremendous depth. You know why? That is what we call as, in other words, Grace Tabernacle Church. Without boasting. Everyday test. Test, test, test. Slip test, slip test, slip test. Surprise test. Quiz. Fill in the blanks. But what are the pastors? One is one robot maker and the other is a English lecturer. Most unqualified people. But if you come under us, Ruddi Ruddi Chalipi Chadame. What do you choose? See, that is what we call as account ability. Accountability, if you, if you divide it, the ability to give accounts for all your actions. That is what is demanded. That is testing, Baba. It's like every day there is audit. You have to balance your balance sheet. Otherwise, question will be asked. Day by day, you will be tested. Day by day, you will be demanded accountability. That is discipleship. You see, the pattern of discipleship is this. What did Jesus say? Master, you are following me. They are following him, no? Master, where are you going? Where, they said, what, what, what do you seek? Where do you live? Come and see. Finished. That fellow has surrendered himself. He comes and he lives with Jesus. Jesus lives and teaches. Lives and teaches. Lives and teaches. Lives and teaches. Sends them on a test. Sends them on a test. This test, that test. Every day faith tested. If you are with Pharisee, no test. Every day he is tested. Every day there is a demand for accountability. That is what discipleship is. Go and make what? How do you make disciples? 
You know, the only way disciples are made when you walk with a man of God. That is how disciples are made. Because that is how dis- Jesus made disciples. He said, walk with me and become disciples. Three and a half years, he taught them and he lived with them every day. 24 by 7 in some, some, in some weeks. 24 by 7 he lived with them. They knew him through and through. And they looked at his life, looked at his doctrine and I said, this is the Messiah. And they became his disciples. You know, what God, you know, what Jesus said after he was Like the father sent me, I also sent you. Every one of you make, become a disciple maker. That's exactly how disciples are made. You travel with a man of God. There's no other way for disciples to be made. And you make yourself accountable. That is what we call as China. Corporate. I worked with pastor for 12 years. I still haven't graduated. <laughs> Sorry. But you know, when there was a young man, one young man, you know, with us, he, I mean, because spiritual growth is, it's not like your chronological age. There's no seniority, by the way. Eric came later than I, graduated faster than I, and he's master, and he pastors a church now. And he's making disciples. That is how disciples are made. Walk, make disciples. That's exactly how Paul had a Timothy. Paul had a Titus who lived and walked with him. Peter had a Mark who lived and walked with him. Learned how to walk with God and were taught the doctrine even as they walked with God. Moses had a Joshua. Elijah had a Elisha. What do you have? Whom do you follow? See? Hmm. Keep that in mind. Let's move on. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, well, your 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 uh, the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. This is again fear again. The word verse serve worship serve fear. <coughs> Choose, make a choice to come under rebuke, to come under correction, to come under accountability. Choose churches which will call you and make you accountable. Choose. That's a choice, by the way. You have to choose. Nobody forces it. Like, Hrudayam Anadu Talupu Nadda Esu Nadhundu Ade Mara Pata Bartha Onnamu But Hrudayam La Matra Epudale He's still near the Talupu At the gates knocking. Because God is a gentleman. He will never force himself on anybody. And every authentic man of God, they will never force themselves on anybody. They, You have to make a choice to follow him. Got it? Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 to 13. Therefore, once that happens, once you practice and graduate, what happens? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. So you have the fear of the Lord, which is a birth. Fear of the Lord, which is bought. Of course, new birth is bought. Fear fear of the Lord, which is taught, which has growth. Fear of the Lord, which is a choice. That is how you grow. You make choices by coming under authentic, godly leaders and teachers. And then, of course, you become a disciples, disciple makers. It says in Matthew chapter 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go into all, all nations, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them what? To obey. Everything I have commanded you, surely I am with you always, even so to the 
end of the world. So we have three things we looked at today. I'm going to go to the next also. Don't worry. Okay. I'm going to look at five. No, five. Just four. Look at the last one. First, fear of the Lord has a start. Fear of the Lord has a growth. Fear of the Lord, you have to choose. And fourth, even as you grow in the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord bought, taught, third. Third is choice and fourth one. My son, if you receive my words, treasure my commands within you. So that you incline your ear to wisdom. Apply your heart to understanding. Yes, you. if you cry out for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for what? Hidden treasures. Just imagine if you lose one gold coin in your home, what do you do? Because until you get the gold coin, If you do all this, then what will happen in verse 5? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So what is the next one? The fear of the Lord has to be sought. The fear of the Lord is bought by the blood of Jesus by new birth. The fear of the Lord is taught. The fear of the Lord is a choice. And the fear of the Lord has to be sought with all of your heart. There should be undivided loyalty to know and understand God's fear. That means no division in your heart. You're totally committed, absolutely loyal to God. Whatever He says you will do. Doesn't matter. That is the reason why it says the kingdom of God is like a man who was searching for pearls and then he finds a pearl of great price and sells everything that he has and buys that. That is what the fear of the Lord is. Where you treasure it with all of your heart. There is undivided loyalty and surrender to whatever God says in your life. Otherwise, there is no fear of God. Because you know, Second Second Kings chapter seventeen thirty three. You know what it says? They fear their Lord and they serve their own gods. That is not fear of the Lord, boss. No division means everything. Whatever you ask me, I will do. I'm absolutely loyal to you. I'm absolutely loyal to you. Let me just read this and then I'll give you that illustration. It was a powerful illustration and I was actually, you know, so totally um, going through a real bad phase and I, was, I just heard this message and it just challenged me so much. I'm going to read this uh, passage for you and then I will give you that illustration. Genesis chapter 22. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, this is Lent season boss. Hmm? And tested him. Tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And what happens? So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took uh, two of his young men with him, Isaac his son, split the wood for the burnt offering, arose and went to the place that God had told him. And then what did he do? But put, the, put Isaac on the altar. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven when he was just about to kill his son. Said Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him 
For now I know that you fear me. Fear. Nagadilsu, you are absolutely sold out lock, stock and barrel to me. You know, the reason why I am giving you this verse is because when I heard this illustration, Art Katz was giving this illustration about about his dog. Okay. Really heart-wrenching. Okay. Um, they had, they were living in a uh, community, okay, it was a Christian community, the church was a community, huge community, and because they had this community, they had to also have dogs in order to guard the community. So they had a lot of German shepherds to, you know, <clears throat> bunch of them actually, a few dogs to guard that huge community from poachers, etc., from wild animals also. But then what had happened was, all these dogs became a pack and they became dangerous, now they're trying to tame them, but they were going out of control, except Art's dog. Art catches dog. Now the community came together and they said, what should we do? They said, the only way we can get rid of this problem is to take them to the woods and kill them, because no other person was taking these dogs anymore. Shoot them. To death. So this, they just prayed about it, and then they said, okay, Lord, we have to do it. This They took the dogs and most of the dogs instinctively knew that it was the last walk they were going on and they were trying to resist like anything. They were screeching, they were howling, they were making all kinds of sounds, except Arch dog. Art catches his dog. So, Art takes his dog, they all go, they, they go to a particular path and they all separate. Dogs screeching, 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 they take their shovels, they take their axes, they make their graves, and one by one, tack, screeching dog, dead, buried, except arch dog. Even while he is digging, it is looking at the master, do you need my help please? As if, do you need my help? Can I help you to dig my grave? And Art was looking at his dog, tears rolling down his eyes, but he can't do it because every other dog had to be killed, and including his dog. So he had he did something was he just did it. This dog was absolutely okay, absolutely loved the master. Even the master does anything to it, doesn't matter. You know what he did? He told his friend, You know what? I can't kill this dog. So he looked at the person among all these people whom he had always an issue with. And that brother hates me. Brother, come here. Can you kill my dog? The brother gladly took the gun, shot the dog, and without any fight, it died. You know what he says? That is being sold out to God. No rights. You know what the meaning of Caleb means? Dog. Totally surrendered. Sold out. No other devotion. I fear you alone. Psalm 86.11 Unite my heart. To fear your name. You know, there's one dog in the Bible, no? It was a dog, literally, who went to his slaughter. I'm not talking about Jesus. 
There was one guy. Second Samuel chapter 11. We know this very well. And Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents. My lord Joab and servants of my lord are encamped in the, encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my wife, to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do it. The morning, David wrote his death sentence, put it in the envelope, sealed it, called Uriah. Uriah! Yes, my lord. Take this. What is it? No questions. Your death certificate. Totally loyal. Totally surrendered. He goes and he dies because he absolutely had no other God but God himself. Totally surrendered. Totally loyal. That is how you seek God. If you seek him, you will find him completed. If you seek him with all your heart. That is what he sang, right? I will give you oh, really? All. That is loyalty. Challenge. Be challenged today. Be challenged today. Then you will know. <coughs> you will know. And also God will know that you fear. The fear of God has to be, has, is, is, has a birth, has to be taught, has to be made as, as a choice. And third, it has to be sought. How? Not half-heartedly with all of your heart. Let's pray. Can we all stand up this evening? Do you have it? The fear of the Lord. Are you absolutely surrendered to God? Can he do anything with you? Even if he's writing your death sentence, will you cooperate with him and say, can I help you? That is loyalty. That is surrender. Father, we just thank you, Father. You don't demand from us anything that you have not done yourself. Father, your word says that you were led as a lamb to the slaughter and you did not open your mouth. Father, forgive us for complaining. Forgive us our half-hearted surrender. Forgive us our uncircumcised hearts. Circumcise our hearts this evening so that we'll fear you and you alone. Because this is something which we cannot manufacture in, in and of ourselves, O oh Lord. You have to circumcise our hearts so that we will love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. To that end, I pray that you would bless us even as we go through this time of Lent. Bless us, O oh Lord, with that heart and grant us the willingness to surrender all. Thank you, Father. Praise you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Yes, it is missed.